Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN podcast. It's not the IGN podcast, it's the IGN UK podcast. We can might as well be the IGN podcast. We can oh, be the flagship why not? one. Why not? Let's, We're let's the take only up podcast the that do everything that IGN covers. Exactly. Like, including um, big gaming events. <laughs> I don't know what my set is going to be there. We, um, we do film, we do games, we very, TV. very occasionally will chat a comic that I might have read. And if Matt, other Matt's here, which he is... We'll Hello. Chat, took a little bit of anime as well. Oh, what they released the trailer for Delicious in Dungeon. It's really good. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Let's and talk about we PlayStation. Are, <laughs> we are platform agnostic apart from today. <laughs> exactly, because this was Sony's week, for better or worse. I actually thought it was a pretty good showcase. I think people need yeah. to yeah, calm down because this is what happens now. These Twitter accounts just put bullet-pointed lists of everything that's going to be in these shows, and then when half it doesn't turn up, everyone goes, well, that was a disappointment. It's like... You were never going to see GTA 6 and Bloodborne 2. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny, like, people have decided that these randomers on the internet are actually kind of like the game's media. It's like, go to some journalists if you want to know the real real exactly. deal. I thought it was, you know, it's not the best showcase I've ever seen, but there was at least five to six things there that I got excited about, and, you know, out of an hour, the, I'll tell you that. Uh, I think it's the problem of, like, it would have been nice to see, like, some, some like, very big stuff, but the stuff that was yeah. shown is all really interesting. Like, well, I think it's uh, name recognition versus, like, just exciting new concepts, which, exactly. I, yeah, I'd rather have new stuff. Also, like, the top three things that we have on this list that we're about to speak to are colossal they names. Look amazing. And people got to remember, Jeff Keighley's show hasn't happened yet, and last year that's where The Last of Us stuff was. So mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if we see some Naughty Dog at jeff keely's show but there we go we'll talk about that when the time comes um or you guys will anyway but first let's talk about sony a lot lot of games i think there was like 30 odd games in an hour there do you know what i've noticed a lot of lot of heist games recently mm. especially like multiplayer Extraction heist games people shooters, as they're called yeah I yeah, mean, like so, Ro- Robin is hot that's what i'm saying basically mm-hmm. people love robin it's this thing like can you remember hot. like I think it was my first Gamescom that I did with IGN, and I went to see The Circle. Can you remember me going that and mm-hmm. talking about that on the podcast? And at that time, I, I'm i sure I'd said on the podcast, but maybe I didn't, but it was definitely the conversation I was having at the time is, it felt like this was, like, Battle Royale was moving on, and we were moving into something different, and The Circle felt kind of like the first of that thing. And then I started to realise, well, The Hunt Showdown was already out at the time and was already doing something very cool and now yeah it does feel like i think battle royale is over and extraction shooters is the thing we're now. in 3v3s it's are in quietly got, what, become hyenas coming yeah yeah the finals and now uh, what's it uh jade raymond's studio's new game fair games fair games yeah mm-hmm. yeah with a dollar sign it's like kesha exactly <laughs> we're not going to talk about that one in depth because there's not really a lot to talk about in depth but we will be talking about a pvp shooter later but first let's start with the big gun big guns Metal Gear Solid 3 is back, and oh, my I got word. chills when those drums hit, genuinely. Oh, um, one of my absolute favourite games of all time. It is just, like, three 
at least three of my favourite boss battles of all time. Probably like if you if you ask me, name ten best boss battles of all time. At least two to three of them would be in that list. It's just a masterclass in boss design. I can't wait to see. I can't just can't wait to see how good it's going to look. Like, I'm I'm putting a lot of faith here in Konami. To mm-hmm. basically, I think everyone, and you know, there's no reason to doubt yet. Everyone's thinking, just let this be the Resi remakes for Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. If it's that, we're in for a good time. Mm-hmm. Of course, Kojima not involved as far as we know. I'd be uh, very surprised if he was. Do we also know which studio is working on it at all? Let's just it's say Konami. I think they've said Konami in association with Virtuous Studios, who normally do handle like ports and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's not 100% clear. I don't know if an actual develop a single developer has actually spoke about it. Like we don't know who's directing this or anything. But yeah, they've said it's going to be faithful. Same story. Same voice same, cast. Uh, voice, voice cast. Yeah, I don't know. Like they haven't officially said that means David Hater. That's like the one question mark. They'll save but, it for a press briefing at some point. Yeah. I think that's that's a big enough name that you know it's a headline in itself that he says yes. But I just God, I can't. Like I'm just, I just say words like Shagahod and the end <laughs> and stuff like that, and it just gets me excited. Um, the sorrow, know, mate. Oh. oh, the sorrow is amazing as well, and of course the boss. But we won't. I don't want to spoil things for people who haven't played that game because. You're in for a hell of a treat. I know, Matt, personally, you haven't actually ever finished I've, I've not, yet. no. So um, I my history with Metal Gear is like a bit spotty. Kind of, I mm-hmm. never had a PlayStation 1, so I never played the original, although it was out on PC. But I was young enough that, like, grew up in kind of like... My mum was a little bit kind of like more cautious about violence, and I can remember us going into mm-hmm. a game and me picking up the box for Metal Gear. She was like, you can have it if you want, but I read on the back that you could garrot people. And I was like, maybe I'm a bit young for this. Um, so I add something else instead. But yeah, I loved Metal Gear 2. Metal Gear, well, Metal Gear Solid 2, should say. I absolutely loved that when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't play Metal Gear Solid 3 until it came out in the HD collection on the Vita. And because I bought it on Vita, it's not the best analog sticks for shooting yeah. with. Like mm. precise aiming, which a Metal Gear game really does need. Um, so yeah, I'm completely missing three. Like I got to the end as the boss. Like I did that yeah, boss, yeah. thought it was fucking incredible. But my knowledge of the story after that, um, yeah. and almost certainly it will not be the Metal Gear remake that I play that with first. It will be the Master Collection version because yes. that's out this year, and I will In absolutely awesome be playing that. Finally, and I say finally, you know, it's hard to get these games in one place for such like beloved games. They're all dotted all over the place. Mm-hmm. So it is good they're putting what one, two, and three in a collection this autumn to play. And I, do you know what? I probably will go back and play those as well because I'm actually spotty on two. That's the one I'm spotty right. on. I know one and three very well. Mm-hmm. Two, I think I played once, but I just like, I don't know if I finished it. I, so yeah, that's the one I'm the looking ending's to real weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm just. I can't wait for this game. And as someone I know, Matt, who's, you know, let's face it, you're a little bit of a level design pervert, a little bit of a boss design pervert, <laughs> uh, in the nicest way possible. You'll get, you'll have a lovely time with this. I, uh, I figured I would, yeah. it's it's This will be a, a, a spot that's been long needed rectifying, mm. and I'm sure I will write something on it when the time yeah. comes. I can't uh, think of a game that has just such a, like, cohesive sense of place than Metal Gear mm-hmm. 3. Like it just like you just feel like you're hanging out in the woods. Like it yeah. just rocks. And f- like for such like narrow levels as well, it does feel like you're just in a massive woods mm. as well. I don't know how they quite do it. And just like oh, it's just it's pure Kojima. It is his it is his best game. I think Metal Gear Three is the best one. And 
yeah, I just can't wait to play this game. Who knows when we're going to be playing it again? Because no real indication. We've only got cinematic and what four or five gameplay screenshots. Uh, like oh, I, I shots. feel like we'll be waiting a while for this. Yeah. Like they've got to make a real good first impression with this because this, you know, there's no guarantee of this, but this does feel like it's the start of something bigger, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd you'd think they'd go on to do the others and. Yeah, that's why that volume one is probably coming out in autumn, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's tied people over. And, and you know, my theory about the fact that it, this game is actually called Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater, mm-hmm. I think they've taken the number off it because they want people to have this as the first Metal Gear game. It's the first in the timeline. Chronologi- so it makes sense. Chronologically, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so they don't want people to think that, like, why, why should I play three first? No, you're playing it first because it's chronological. But then if they do it all chronologically, then that means that at some point we're going to be playing, like, Metal Gear Solid 5 before we're playing Metal Gear Solid 1. Yeah. yeah, I guess maybe it's, they do like, perhaps they could do like a re-release where they just change the title on the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a weird one because although the chron- you could tell this story chronologically, you do kind of, is one of those where you do gleam interesting things from playing them in the original order. Well, the it's the time. Star Wars thing, right? But like, from what I understand, people that play Star Wars, sorry, watch Star Wars through in chronological order still find real cool moments yeah. there that they don't know of. So I, I guess none yeah. of us can really say that because we'll always have played them in a rough release order. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing we do know we'll be playing much sooner. Alan Wake 2. I was already very excited for this game. This was my game of show. Yeah. Remedy. I think it was mine too. Like Remedy, close to my heart anyway. Like, you know, they're just, they, they don't miss me. Even Quantum Break, I think, is is good. Um, yeah. But nowhere near as good as other of their games. But I do still think mm-hmm. it's a good game. Um but Alan Wake 2, I was excited. Then this trailer hit, and I was like, oh my god, this looks terrifying. <laughs> like, I, I am so in on me. how horror it is. Like, it is. You said, Cardi, that you saw a little bit of kind of like the true detective yeah, side absolutely. in it. Um, yeah, which the I way agree. those, yeah, the look of those enemies. And they've said, yeah, it evolves. There's like different stories going on. So there's like these cultish ritual murders in the town of Bright Falls. Mm-hmm. You've got Bright Falls, even. Bright Falls? Bright Falls, yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got. Alan Wake himself caught in like the dark place, place or whatever yeah, the it's dark called. place he's been lost in there, writing his stories. And then you've got the FBI agent who's also playing a story, whose partner seems to be Sam Lake. Yeah, yeah, it is Sam Lake. <laughs> yeah. I also saw, I don't know if this is true, so please don't quote me on it, but I'm sure I saw someone saying that um, uh, James, is it James McCaffrey that played yeah, Max Payne? Is he voicing voice. him? They're going to do some weird Max Payne's, like because that's there's Max already Payne, the right? connected. There's the connected universe with Control and Alawake. They've not said Max Payne is in this universe, but they won't be able to help but if themselves. It's, if it's the face of of, of Max Payne, of, 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 of the original Max Payne, yeah. not obviously the later one, voiced by the guy that plays Max <laughs> Payne's voice, imagine, the surely he could be Max doing Payne's a different face. Imagine Alan Wake was like, either. oh, I just wrote this like hard boiled detective thriller while I was uh, on sabbatical. Yeah. Well, oh. that's the thing, isn't it? Because in the original Alan Wake you find um, pages of a hard-boiled detective novel and whilst it doesn't say that the detective's name is Max Payne it's voiced by Max Payne's voice actor so it really won't surprise me if as the Remedy universe comes together it's just a case of that Alan Wake wrote the Max Payne books and that was what you were playing yeah that would be so good and they've said so you aren't just playing as Alan Wake you're obviously playing as this um, FBI agent Saga Saga and also interesting. I don't know if you read this. 
you play as both of them. You can choose to play their stories in any order you want. You can switch between them. Yeah, yeah. And play. So I'm very intrigued. What like they already do some very interesting world and narrative mm-hmm. stuff, Remedy. But this seems like a step further than that because I It'll can't be... quite remember anything that does sound quite like that. But no, I'll be fascinated to see how kind of like. It feels like, therefore, every major story junction must be designed with the idea of, like, here's how this storyline will feel to a player if they played the Alan stuff before they did it Saga and vice versa. Because, like, they're very smart with their storytelling, so I imagine there's all these kind of things are thought about. And, you know, what happens if you just play all of Saga's story first and then all of Alan's second? Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how that pans and out. And the fact that Alan, let's call him Alan. I keep thinking <laughs> Alan Partridge. Uh, like Alan Wake is stuck like in this dark place. It's their excuse to do some more control stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Just all the weird stuff and like. Because that's what I was wondering was like, are we just going back to Bright Falls? I feel like I saw all of Bright Falls in the original. Like, there's not a lot to. It's a great place, but it's like, going to look know. different. Is yeah. I reckon it will be a case of because there's no guarantee that which place is real, right? The dark place could be yeah. real or Bright Falls could be literally mm-hmm. being written by Alan at the time. So, you know, if if it's fake, it can reassemble, it can look completely different to the last time we went. Yeah, it looked proper, especially that clip where that big guy, like a big hammer or axe, just blasts yeah. through. That just, if you show me that five second clip, we're going, oh, the new Resident Evil looks good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not normally a big horror guy, but, They've got me because this is like like culty sort of stuff like this. That's what truly like gets me. Yeah. And yeah, this is gonna it's gonna be horrible but amazing, I imagine. And it looks absolutely gorgeous as well. Like, gah, yeah, I'm very excited about Alan Wake two, Spider Man two also coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. That also looks <laughs> unbelievable. Like that sequence, I think I tweeted it. That sequence to me, I was like, they're just doing the Uncharted Madagascar mm-hmm. like chase sequence, but on a New York river. And I think at times it looked even better. It's just the amount of like, I know this is what love it or hate it. This is what Sony are known for now is the cinematic single player games. Mm -hmm. Personally, that's what I love. So I'm all in for this, but like they were going fully for it in this, in this clip. And yeah, I just, I'm just so excited as well. Yeah. My main thing is, is like, I appreciated all of the kind of design elements in like seeing that how kind of like, you know, Peter's got the symbiote suit, so he's got symbiote abilities now. And um, we can see that there was a new ability wheel for Miles. Mm-hmm. So he's got his own things that are like on the L and R buttons now. Like they've obviously got their wing suits and stuff like that. But for me, it was like the absolute joy of seeing these reinterpreted characters and putting together on the fly, like, what is happening here? And it feels like, oh, kind of like Kirk Connors has been like researching the symbiote. And is it going to be a case of the, does, will Peter become Venom or like we've seen Spider in the the previous trailer, they were, they were separate, right? Like Venom was there. So are we going to get like an Eddie Brock situation where Eddie comes into the picture later on in the game? Because this trailer suggested that Peter's becoming dark, right? He's got the ring Mm -hmm. style thing of becoming more evil because he's in the symbiote suit. So when, when is the kind of like Venom going to become its own thing? And how does Craven uh, work in that? Is Craven like the character that comes in to be your first boss? And then obviously Venom becomes the, the last boss. I don't like, there's so many things that were going on. I was like, I just love, I really liked their interpretation of the Spider-Man mythos in the first two games. And this feels like it's more knotted. It's more kind of like complex and twisted together. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about that. I, really, I love the Yuri Lowenthal's voice delivery for like just giving a little bit of extra gruffness, but he's mm-hmm. still like boyish Yuri Levin- Lowenthal. Yeah, like I couldn't get that last name out. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Yuri. <laughs> My um prediction is that as Miles at some maybe not the end of the game in the middle of the game you're gonna fight Pete as yeah. the symbiote so mm-hmm. like he's gonna turn so dark it's like you're gonna have to knock it out of him or something like that's sure. gonna happen isn't it and like they've confirmed it is not a co-op game you're gonna be switching between his characters I'm intrigued to see if they're all gonna be like tailored sequences like that or if just in the open world you can be like switch like wouldn't it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they do the GTA thing where you can just switch because presumably in the actual open world sandbox side of things mm. they're gonna want you to do kind of like it's oh, like, you can just be switch. Miles missions and Peter missions, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there'll sense. be there'll be areas like activities that maybe it's a case of like the warehouse sequences have been tailored where it's like you've got to go in there as uh, Peter because you need the symbiote suit, right? And there'll be things that are more tailored to what uh, Miles can do, but also just in the sandbox environment, you want that player expression of I can be the Spider Man that I want to be in the more free roamy bits. Yeah, I, I, I just hope that so sandbox excited. is more impressive than I, I like that previously. we're seeing a little more than just Manhattan now because mm-hmm. they need to do that we could have the too, same map at the very game. least yeah. yeah and it's just they've solved the river problem by putting 400 cranes along it so that works <laughs> very, like, will they solve the central park very problem Spider-Man too. <laughs> yeah. yeah I was going to say very very the end of uh, the, the end of the first Amazing Spider-Man oh, isn't yeah, it where he puts all the yep. cranes mm. across yeah oh god it looks good and what is that October again I think I don't know or if they've November. said yet have they it's just no, late I think that's a rumour like hopefully it's later this year I just I think what we've got Alan Wake and there was another thing like a few days before Alan Wake oh it might even be is it Mirage Which uh, we're yeah talk about that's next? the 12th I think and then I think uh, Alan Wake's the 17th, 17th yeah god Games. damn it <laughs> well at least Assassin's Creed Mirage is set to be a throwback to the old 20 hour Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed days hopefully again like I, I've enjoyed the recent um, Assassin's Creed. Like Valhalla was one of my favorite games that year. Yeah. But at the same time, very happy to see this this old school Assassin's Creed uh, returning. You did a little breakdown of the trailer yesterday, Matt. So you can you can tell us all what's got you most excited. Uh, like you know, kind of as, same with you. I don't decry the RPG side of it. I love an RPG game. So kind of like having a you know a Viking and a Greek and a an Egyptian RPG has been great. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, going back to classic AC, we've got, for as far as we can see, it's just set in one city. It's set in Baghdad. Um, It's of roughly, it's not the same era as the original Assassin's Creed, but it's got enough visual kind of similarity that it's clearly paying homage to that. But the thing that gets me is because it's going more back to the stealth kind of roots, Obviously, you're still going to be able to sword fight as much as you want. Assassin's Creed has always let you sword fight, but there's more, you know, more tools to use for stealth. And it's what Ubisoft calls black box missions that I'm most excited for. You get a hint in this trailer where Basim's, like, so you play as a guy called Basim, who you may know from Valhalla, but his accomplish in in this trailer is like, oh we need to get you in see, unseen into this building. You could bribe the guards. And Basim's like, no, I'm, I'm just going to stab him. But that suggests that there's kind of like this level of choice on how you infiltrate an area, which swings back to Assassin's Creed Unity did this and, and Syndicate did it a little bit as well, is where you'd have almost like a Hitman-style approach. Like you'd have a mission and it's like, 
the first mission of Unity that does this, for example, is Notre Dame. And it's like, you've got to get into Notre Dame and kill this guy that's in there. How are you going to do it? And you can do it in the very normal following the standard Assassin's Creed way, which would be just climb your way up, find a way in, and then drop down on the guy and stab him in the face. But that mission had like, oh, do you want to tail this guy who has the key to Notre Dame, which means you don't have to infiltrate it. You can literally just let yourself in through the back where there's no guards. And then there were areas inside that had special kills, like you could go in the confessional booth and wait for your uh, target to go to confession. And then you'd stab him through the wall. Very and then, man, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no one's going to find the body then. So... It feels like that sort of level of Hitman opportunity stuff might be coming back to Mirage, and I really hope that that pays out. And talking of other stealth games that it's borrowing from, uh, it's got the mark and execute system from Splinter Cell in it. So you can turn on Assassin's Focus Vision, and you can mark out like three people uh, that, that are like, you know, enemies that are below you. And then Basim will just immediately like dive down and kill all of them in sequence. So you get to do kind of like three kills unseen. Like that yeah. system was great in a, in a, in Splinter Cell. So it's really cool to see them kind of borrowing from another UB series. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm also very excited about this. There's just we've got a lot of games coming up, and this one, I'm glad that this. I know, you know, you could probably spend a lot of time doing everything in this game if you wanted, but knowing that this is just gonna be. Like mm-hmm. I don't think that, have they actually officially said it's shorter or yeah. just like everyone? yeah they yeah, when like, they announced it they said it was like a more focused yeah kind of thing that's what I need because like I did finish Valhalla but like I must have put at least sixty hours into this, eighty hours into that oh, game God, my, it was one hundred and twenty hours by the time I finished yeah. it and I've still not done everything in that game yeah I'm I'm well up for this and yeah looking forward to it. Let's go on to, well, I was going to say something brand new, but something that's actually almost 30 years old. Ancient, in fact. Yeah. We've uncovered it, dusted well, it off. It does take a long time to run a marathon, and marathon <laughs> is is back. Do you know what? You, oh, I was going to make a Snickers joke. I was going to do the no same one thing, went, yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, I thought when they bring it back, they change the name to Snickers. <laughs> Snickers, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, did anyone tweet that? It's too late now. It's yeah. gone. Um, <laughs> marathon. I know actually very little about marathon apart from knowing it's a really old bungee shooter mm-hmm. that used to be a campaign game, right? Am yeah, I- and and the hilarious thing is is the fact that basically next to no one would have played it because it was a Mac exclusive, the entire trilogy <laughs> Mac exclusive. Yeah, and um, these days it's now a PvP only shooter, which I think some people were a little disappointed by. Um, yeah, but. The aesthetic of that trailer. They know Bungie know how to how to get an aesthetic down. Oh, Let's God, put it yeah. that way. Yeah. I fucking wish that this was them going back to campaign design because God I miss hate. The more that Destiny goes on and Lightfall being an absolute sack of shit. Um <laughs> I really do miss like their campaign design now. But yes, Marathon is jumping on the PvP extraction shooter bandwagon. But by God does it look the at least the best aesthetic for an extraction shooter that they could possibly get. Is yeah. that aesthetic like? Does it uh, roll back to the originals? Like, is it similar at all, or is no, it totally not? No, like the originals are kind of much more kind of like they're not Doom, but they are clearly from an era where Doom and Quake is mm. predominant. Yeah, I just like someone stabbed the moon. <laughs> What's going I on? I mean, there? it's that wizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't like. I hope it is a separate thing that it's not like a weird like Destiny offshoot. Like somehow they tie it into that. that I don't. World. I don't. Like, the aesthetic is so different from Destiny. Yeah. It's clearly from the people that made Destiny in that it is 
Like Des- no game looks like Destiny other than games that have since tried to copy it. Yeah. Um, and again, I can't think of anything that looks like this. And this looks so different to Destiny. It's got like... I don't even know how you begin to describe it to someone that's not seen a screenshot of it. Like it's stark. It's, I tell you what, it's almost got a little bit of mirror's edge to it to a certain Mm -hmm. degree. Like those kind of stark colors versus white. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice edges, lots of kind of glass and kind of glossy metal surfaces. Yeah. Um, I'm big into it. Like I think Destiny does look incredible. It's not traditionally my style of, um, mm -hmm. what I'm into. This is much more what I like, like clean, like, just yeah strong bold colors yeah. like that and yeah i'm i'm excited i'll obviously play it like bungie like their gunplay you know that's the one thing whenever i have tried destiny i've never probably got into it but you can't deny how good those guns mm-hmm. feel and if this has that with that aesthetic i don't know i just like you i just wish it was a campaign i want a campaign yeah. shooter my my <laughs> yeah. big hope for it is that like if 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 Bungie's now in the deal of like all they make are kind of service games and it's always going to be kind of a PvP focused thing or like whatever, you know, you, we call Destiny. Mm. Um, my hope is that it doesn't fall too much down the trap that Destiny has of becoming increasingly incomprehensible the further you go unless you're completely attached to it. Like I quite like a bit of story in this and they've said that there's going to be story that pans out over different seasons. Please don't make it so if I miss kind of two seasons it's completely impenetrable. And please don't make it that like it's a game where you've got to play a million matches to kind of grind out guns that are interesting. Like, I'd rather the guns were just the guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look forward to it. Um, Dragon's Dogma 2. I think it looks cool. I've never played Dragon's Dogma 1. I know people love it. I know we it's probably cool. needed Joe Scrabbles here to talk about it because he loves meteors flying down from space. <laughs> I did just, the one thing, as somebody who isn't into Dragon's Dogma, I looked at this trailer and I thought, in a world where we've already had Elden Ring, I was looking at this going, yeah, I was like, this isn't quite doing it for me. And I know we've been spoiled, Mm -hmm. but like, that's why I was feeling. So I think it does look a bit jank, but in a way that like, I looked at it and was like, this is absolutely Dragon's Dogma. This is the most Dragon's (laughs) Dogma anything has ever looked. Um, it, just, and, it just needs crawling around on top of a cow to become yeah, actually yeah. Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there was definitely a thing that I looked at and was like, I was excited because it looked exactly of what Dragon's Dogma is. Mm. And I've, you know, I don't have the attachment to it that Joe does. Um, I've never actually finished Dragon's Few Dogma. Few people but, in the world do, for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do like Dragon's Dogma a lot, and I'm excited to play this. And what it was, it was looking at it and going like, these are all the things that I know of Dragon's Dogma. They just look in much shinier graphics than they used to. Um, I'll be interested to see what it's like in a, as you say, in a post-Elden Ring world and a post-Breath of the Wild world, Mm. because those are two games that, like, do swim in the same waters. Like, nobody talks about Dragon's Dogma when we talk about those sort of games, but... It weirdly is in that it's got a, a very kind of wild sense of just go off and do whatever the feck you want in this world. It's just got a little bit more RPG structure to it. Well, especially when, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth later, we've got Final Fantasy 16 coming out in a few weeks, which mm-hmm. is, you know, borrowing from Dragon's Dogma combat in as much as it's the same combat director yeah. as Dragon's Dogma. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and, and clearly has like a, a several million more budget to it yeah like i'm not i don't want to be too down it did it didn't by no means look bad but i did watch and i was like yeah i feel like it was i didn't see anything there that i was like 
I haven't seen before, if you know what I mean. What I'd also say is kind of like, you know, it being a Capcom game, right? Mm. We've seen like like Resident Evil looks a bajillion bucks these days and looks so good. And what I will say is that it did look like the bones underneath Dragon's Dogma 2 still look like they're from the like the 360 PS3 sort of age. There's yeah. something about the way that all of those like camera angles were used and stuff that looks a little bit like jank. I'm just hoping that the final product has the money that I think that that series deserves. Like, I think it can be a colossal hitter. Yeah. It just looks like it's one of those things that, like, we know it will be niche, so we'll just give it what we think it deserves. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed it will. One game that didn't look janky, and I think no no one saw this one coming because no one had ever heard of it before. Phantom Blade Zero. That uh, sword combat. That looked... <laughs> do you know what? That looked tasty. That's mm, what I'm going to say. Yeah. Tasty blades. Mm. Um, there was one move in particular where it basically just, like, runs towards someone like and he does like 10 hits I'm in thinking a row of that exact like, move and it's like i've never seen like yeah. so many like dagger slashes at once in a single mm-hmm. attack mm-hmm. i read really a, interesting i think i read an interview with the guy making it, it was like yeah we're basically inspired by kung fu like mm-hmm. it's it's kung fu swords it is kind of what john wick has kind of popularized recently mm-hmm. and i know many many years before that but you know has brought it into the mainstream public consciousness and yeah that combat alone like the world i was like cool this is dark this is like you know there's some souls inspired stuff in there but like it was the combat i was like i'm intrigued to see if it is a souls like or not i think it's the main be... character is called soul oh is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> see the, the i definitely got like a hint of sekiro about it more than souls only but actually yeah. it kind of looked more like a ninja gaiden game to me like it looked I fast like, it looked the way the action. characters looked and the way they were talking it almost was a bit like a gothic metal gear in a way i was getting as well it's, it's it got a bit of that kind of camp to it right yeah um I don't know. It looked very cool. It's one of those where we'll have to definitely have to play it and see. Mm-hmm. But like, it was a very, very good trailer. I'll give it that. It, that yeah. was the first thing that came out of this showcase that was like, okay, here's some hype. This is something I absolutely want to play. Yeah, I'm into it. And uh, do you, you like the look of the blades, Matt? You look like a man who likes swinging blades around. That. Uh, <laughs> I hope that doesn't go on any kind of record. Thank you, Cardi. Uh, yeah, cheers. Um, yeah, no, it does look sick. And like, I used to really love like Ninja Gaiden back in the day. So anything that's mm. remotely similar to that will do for me. Uh, I wasn't a big like Wolong guy when it came out uh, mm. earlier this year. I just didn't quite click with me. So it really, just, it just depends on what direction this goes. Like, I'm just excited to learn more. I was meant to be nails as well. I hope. I hope this game isn't like doesn't go like right. This is the hardest game ever because. I like a challenge, but not every game has to be the hardest game ever. You know what I mean? But there we go. I like the look of it. Um, I think that's all the games. I mean, there's there's other games. We'll actually loop around because we got a couple of nice bits of feedback about some things from the showcase, which we'll loop around to at the end. But uh, any other little small bits you guys wanted to shout out? There Lucky was... Squire. That does look nice. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ugh, this, I want that. <laughs> this is Devolver's game that I am the most interested in at the moment. Like, I love that almost kind of link between worlds element of going from 2d to 3d and into different like areas of the environment mm. the first trailer that they did was that last year or maybe even the year before i can't remember when that was out it's been a long time yeah but um yeah this this just absolutely like i'm in love with that look mm-hmm. yeah it looks very cool i'm um, yeah i want to play that one as well big into it i thought like we said there's at least what almost 10 things that we're excited about by no means a bad showcase so, so there we go. I feel like I've I seen... will play more of that. Uh, it's not quite Splatoon than it might deserve. Oh, we'll foam get around to Foam Stars and the feedback. Don't <laughs> okay. worry. We're going to loop round to Foam Stars, which, um, yeah. 
<laughs> is something. We'll we'll loop round to that. Mm. That was because that was early on as well, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll loop round to foam stars and a couple of things, maybe even a handheld device. But for now. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. One trailer that was at the showcase was a new Final Fantasy 16 one. Um, me and Matt Perslow here, lucky enough to have played, what, the first four hours of Final yeah. Fantasy 16? <laughs> I mean, loads of it now. I've, yeah. I've played like Basically two hours of it, it. over time. Usually when it's an event like that and, you know, very privileged and they're like, do you want to come play the first four hours? I'm like, that means I'm going to have to play it again Like mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes out. I'm, the best thing I can say about that is I can't wait to play that four hours again because the combat itself is amazing. And I can skip the cutscenes this time because there's a lot of cutscenes. That's going to that's gonna turn again. the first four hours into about a 45-minute yeah. exercise. Um, but I don't want to start on the negatives because... By all, by all accounts, by all accounts, um, in my head, this game is looking very, very, very good mm-hmm. and very fun. I know you got you had a big old combat demo about I don't know three February. or four months ago, mm-hmm. yeah. And you, you were glowing about that, yeah. And but the interesting thing about this though is like when I played the combat demo, they gave me like like shit loads of abilities. Mm-hmm. So playing it from the start. I then got to see what it's like to play it without any of those abilities and actually have like a gradual introduction. And it mm-hmm. does mean that like, I wouldn't necessarily say I felt overwhelmed before, but I'd like, I got such a wealth that yeah. trying to learn how to spin between all of these different abilities. It was nice to see what the gradual power curve is this time. Yeah. And I would say even when you do start out with very limited abilities, what sword parries, dodges, and one little like fire flame move, mm-hmm. basically, it still feels very yeah. good. Like this combat is is top tier. It and proves that the fundamentals are really, really solid. Yeah. Um and that that's the the great part. I think you talked about combat before and like, yeah, I have nothing new to say on combat really that you didn't say originally, apart from feels very good um very good goblins actually that we fought the first things you find <laughs> the goblins, goblins. what are the goblins up to uh, they're they're mischievous aren't they but they're very goblin looking goblins i saw people calling me out in the comments being like who signed off that line the most goblin looking goblins i was like <laughs> why don't you just go away that's what <laughs> they, I they are they they are grotesque they are worse than any goblin i've ever exactly. seen exactly if you picture a goblin think of one slightly worse it's like when you think of a crow you're actually thinking of a raven yeah exactly (laughs) just think oh it's like a miniature ogre or something i don't know um very gobliny but yeah and the other side of the game is obviously story final fantasy is always rich in story and Mm -hmm. world and i will say the world and the story has got me intrigued in this one i was at no point was i like checking out but we will i will pre uh, preface it i can't speak today by saying that um 
of that first four hours, like you said, Matt, about half of it did feel like cutscenes. And it's not so much that they're long cutscenes at times, it's more that they're just, they interrupt the flow so often. Like you'll have a fight scene and then you'll have a three minute cutscene, then another fight scene, three minute cutscene. It's not like here's a 10 minute thing and then go play for half an hour it's yeah. the way it it's the way it broke up for me that it just kind of upset the rhythm slightly never to ruin it completely i was like oh just let me because that combat is so good just like just let me do it please yeah. it's like, not that the kind of like the experience of final fantasy is bad it's just that the structure and i don't know if this changes as time goes on but as you say like you'll get like the big introductory cutscene, and then you'll be and then that cutscene will seamlessly blend into a fight but it, it does feel like that when you're not fighting the game, at least in those first hours, you don't get to explore. You're either yeah. fighting or you're watching a cutscene. And for an RPG, that feels very odd. And I hope that as kind of like it gets all of its chess pieces in place in the first few hours, it then becomes more of a please go off and actually explore yeah. this world rather than have the world told to me. This is the same we, criticism that uh, 13 got, if I remember So, right, So yeah. I think it is very reminiscent of Final Fantasy 13, certainly in these first four hours. And in that way, kind of like, my hope is that it veers actually more towards Final Fantasy X, which is still this sort of game, but Final Fantasy X has more of the ability to kind of work away your own pace through the environments. But... There was nowhere to go between the cutscenes, basically. It was just yeah. fights in between cutscenes. It was cut corridors, fights, cutscenes for the yeah. first few hours. We'll say we did get a glimpse into a late... I'm not sure how much later that area was mm -hmm. that was a much more like wide-open field with side quests, with like things to hunt, which was a bit more promising. Didn't get much time to spend there, but I don't know how many of those areas are, how much there are to do in them, really. But like, I don't want to seem like too down on it, because... Very little of my excitement is actually dampened. Like I oh, am so very excited. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to. I can't wait to play this game. And just like you mentioned it before, but actually playing it, like these massive icon battles, uh, they're like summons. If you're not familiar with what they're calling summons in this one, they're basically they're calling them icons, which is just massive monsters. You've got all your classics like Ifrit, Shiva, etc. Some of the fights, whether you're watching or playing them, they're just unbelievable. Like, a spectacle like very little of matched in a game. I've, I've never seen anything that looks like this game. That I think that's the thing that like even though I wish and hope that later on in the game I get to quote unquote play more, I get to do more of the exploration mm. and I can, you know, choose my own path a little bit more. Um I ultimately am still not put off by any of those kind of criticisms that I have because I've never seen anything that is like this before. Like the opening uh, section that we got, as you describe it, Cardi, in your preview, is like playing the bit where Gandalf falls through the bottom of the Misty Mountains mm -hmm. and fights the Balrog. Yeah. It feels oh, like so that. Good. And I've just never seen anything like that in a game before. That's a yeah. hell of a pitch. Yeah, it's so. It is. <laughs> It is quite the opening. And uh, well, we should probably say like this was, I don't know, they keep doing this uh, square of this game saying it was a experience created for media and might not represent the final game. I don't know what that means. It felt like that I was playing the first four hours of that game. So, you know, I don't want to mislead mm. anyone, but I don't think there is anything different Something in it. Something I learned uh, yesterday that has me pretty excited about this. Um, they've gone to weird steps with the localization, apparently, that like cutscenes have been essentially... Like, they'll express the same ideas, but they're kind of rewritten for English. Oh, well, like, it was written in English, I think. So well, the way like, that I, I say... heard it is that, like, it was Japanese originally, and they'd been, like, the, the cutscenes and everything had kind of come together like that, 
And then when it came for the English translation, it was also being produced so that like certain characters will talk when they didn't in the Japanese version. So like, I know that, so they have the uh, Michael Koji uh, Fox, who's their kind of like localization guy. He's part, he's not like localization in the idea of um, you create your game and then it goes to localization and then it's made into English. He's part of like, he's part of the law team on there. And I know that like the cuts, like all of the voice cast, I'm fairly sure it's a case of they were cast in English first. So there's a lot of kind of like promotion for the Western side of it, which is understandable in a series that is increasingly becoming Westernized. But yeah, I think you're right in the fact that kind of like it's a true like localization in the idea that it's not just directly what it is. And you can tell because it feels more like you're watching a western thing like game of thrones whereas japanese writing has the only way that i can really describe is it tends to come across a little bit more melodramatic uh particularly in jrpgs than western writing tends to be there's there's a lot of kind of like big concept words and the way that people talk about things feels kind of like almost like heavier or more like burdensome on the soul than the westerners tend to express and um that isn't like, like everything feels like it just comes from game of thrones with a final fantasy bent basically this i time learned around. that yeah. too that apparently that was part of the direction for this too is that like mm-hmm. everybody that worked on it had to have watched the yeah. entire game of thrones you, you can tell <laughs> just from the opening 15 minutes like cut scenes of this game they're setting it up like the the yeah the self of this world is different factions different nations fighting over these mother crystals so like it's the whole yeah like different people fighting for power that's the setup for a lot of fantasy i'm well aware of that but it definitely you know you can tell they've watched game of thrones but um yeah exciting. very excited only what four weeks away 22nd of june i think final mm-hmm. fantasy find time to play that in as months every different showcase happening every day of the next two <laughs> months still try yeah. and get some zelda in as well exactly i need to i just did the third uh tears of the kingdom did you? uh temple last night the fire one is where i went mm. to third is that the gorms? very good yeah yeah oh, I, I, right i've now. just i've just got there as well that, like I got that there is yesterday. a very clever temple mm-hmm. i uh yeah, nice. I've, I've not got anywhere is. near the temple yet, but um, I'm I'm in the village, and I, I need to. Do, do I have to spend out on the fire outfit, or can you I? You need to buy. I so bought one of them, and that yeah, will do buy the you. chest piece. You'll be fine. Okay, cool. I yeah, recommend I if you haven't done it yet, you should go to the Gerudo section next. It's great. That's what I'm going. To, well, that's the last one I've done. I've done it. That's my fourth one. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 taking my time with this one, and actually, everyone will be very pleased to know. I have the Master Sword. I got it this time. I did it. Um, and you know what? It was worth it just for the story that uh, getting it, if you do it the way it suggests, tells, because that was a very good story. Oh, have you done like the quest format for Yeah, it? I did the, the tears method. Mm. Um, so yeah, the glyphs. Very I good. I didn't know that was how. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm oh. more excited to do that now. There we go. I am. Um, I know that this game. isn't the Zelda podcast, but um, <laughs> oh, we're, there's always time to talk about <laughs> yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. I, like I am now all very almost fifty hours into. I couldn't believe it when my Switch told me how yeah. you know it, you have to wait for it to tick over. I was like, I knew I was excited for this, but I'm not a traditionally Zelda person. I liked Breath of the Wild enough to put eighty hours into it, but like I I know very little about Zelda outside of this, and yeah. Like, absolutely captivated by by tears of the kingdom yeah we are yeah i think we're in the same boat both liked breath of the world a lot Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like you know 
an all-timer like a lot of people. But this game, I don't know what it is that's grabbed me more this time around. So I, I think a... it might just be the abilities. I love I love Ultra Hand mm-hmm. so much. My yeah. other theory is is so um, after I put my two hundred and ten hours into Elden Ring, um, I was like, this obviously has a lot of Breath of the Wild into it. So mm. at the start of this year, I went back to Breath of the Wild and couldn't believe how much my perspective on it changed after having played Elden Ring because it was like all of the things I liked about Elden Ring. Well, not all of them, but quite a few of them were drawn from the ideas in Breath of the Wild, very clearly. And so I have really, really liked the kind of like extra 10 hours I put into Breath of the Wild this year. And it properly prepped me for all of those things that I like are in Tears of the Kingdom. But on top of that, I've got this incredible engineering kit that just allows me to come up with all this bonkers shit. It's like if the first game is a chemistry set, this is an engineering set. And like being able to use all of the physical properties of the world in these absolutely batshit bonkers ways. I just Love feel it. creative in ways that games just don't let you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it just feels like you're messing around and you're often just rewarded for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, it's, it's hitting right. And yeah, I just want to play more now. But yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm in that because I've got, a, in a week or so, I've got a big old 11 hour flight coming up. I'm like, do I, oh, even if I do dream. finish it before then, I'm like, <laughs> I kind of want to wait to finish it on you, the flight. My, my idea is that I'm going to do kind of like the, the temples to get... Because I assume if it's anything like Breath of the Wild, like once I've done the temples, I'll be kind of prepped for yeah. the finale. No way am I going... Like, like I'm just going to get to that point so I know that I can go off and do it when I've decided I've had enough. And yeah. then I'll just play it until the moment comes like, it's time to finish it. I want to walk into that, uh, I'm not spoiling here, presumably... Ganon fight yeah. at the end with like forty Com- hearts or yeah, whatever. completely <laughs> overpowered, just absolutely. That's why I want to just the- flick him on the nose and have him yeah. die <laughs> with the fire temple boss. I absolutely, I was definitely over a bit overpowered. I just right. demolished them, absolutely crushed them in about a minute. It was, it felt good. Yeah, because for several days, all I've been doing is shrines because they're probably mm-hmm. out. So, like one of my favorite things is I love oh, puzzle really, games. Really so- good in this. I was thinking yeah. about how. Um, like I, I think as well, a Breath of the Wild couldn't have existed without Portal. But mm-hmm, the, yeah. the portalness of this game yeah. absolutely shines through. Like yeah. I don't think I've played anything that just like ex- like a, needs you to express lateral thinking in a three D environment like this. Yeah. Oh, like I did. I did a puzzle. There's, there's a shrine that I did yesterday where it's 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 around that kind of Goron area, and obviously there's lava in it. And it was obviously wanted to m- me to make bridges over lava, and it had got these like collapsed bridges. Oh, I think bridges. I did that one yesterday. Yeah. I just couldn't figure out how to do the first one. So what I did was there were these little carts with wheels on it, and I, my impression was you were supposed to attach the like dangling bit of the bridge onto the cart and send it over the the, mm-hmm. the river of lava. But I just couldn't get it to go all the way. So what I did is I just tipped the cart lengthways climbed up onto the top of the car and then just parachuted both way across man it's like i did it it worked yeah yeah i had one where uh it was a jenga tower with a ball on top of it i've done that one yeah it was like the puzzle you think like oh my god i'm playing jenga and then you realize what the puzzle actually is and it's not that Mm -hmm. and it's uh it's just such a joke i love them so (laughs) much i the only time yeah the only time this game makes me groan is when i go into a shrine and it's like it's one of those where it's just a battle just one. Combat, like, yeah. I don't want to do the combat ones. I want to do the puzzles. There's, the, the, there's occasionally, like, when they're, like, the stealth combat ones where that's mm. a puzzle in itself. Like, I like yeah. that. But, yes, just fighting a boss. in, in well, They're not even yeah. bosses, The ones really, where they, like, like, strip you of your stuff. I'm like, oh, this have you is done the, Have you done the one where you... It's essentially robot wars. 
Yeah, yeah, it's re- I did have. that last night. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah I want <laughs> to do that. Brilliant. You just yeah. get to build your own little robots and oh, fuck stuff yes. up. I yeah. can't wait for that one. What a game. Anyway, we weren't even going to talk about Tears of the Kingdom, but we have done. How do you not? <laughs> exactly. Um, I saw a film this week. Mm. <laughs> it's called Bo is Afraid. I'm now I'm only going to spend. So. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> right, I'm not going to spoil it in any way. Don't worry. Um, how do you talk about this film? And I want to say less than five minutes. We're going to spend. It on and this. it is a three-hour movie. Right, it's a three-hour film from Ari Aster. If you've seen Hereditary or Midsummer, this is nothing like those. So don't <laughs> don't don't go in God. expecting. I love that too because like Midsummer's kind of nothing like Hereditary yeah. either, which is just such. It a... definitely there's definitely themes you can pick out of mm-hmm. all of them, but you know it's not. Don't go in to this film expecting a horror because this what this film is is essentially a three hour anxiety comedy. The way I pitch this film is like, and I've had these dreams a lot, and I imagine a lot of people have these dreams. You know those dreams where you're trying to get somewhere and you can just never get there, like mm. the train breaks down or like you've lost your like something. You can just never get to where you're going. Imagine that for three hours, but it's Joaquin Phoenix, and it's occasionally. Like I did laugh a few times. It's occasionally very funny. It's often very dark. <laughs> and for a three-hour film, I really love the opening. Really do like the ending, which a lot of people will... Uh, I can't wait to actually talk about what happens mm-hmm. in this film with people who've seen it at some point. Middle of this film, I think, takes a little bit of a dip. Like I think I did ultimately really like it, but not as much as like hereditary is like one of the best films in the last 10 yeah, years i, do. I really like, do love so. that film and i think midsummer is also very good this was more like seven or an eight i think i did like it quite a bit but like it goes places and he is kind <laughs> of like i'd like lo- i'd love to talk to ari Aster about this but it, i do kind of feel like he's almost laughing at you when he's making it like especially where it goes the <laughs> like, amount of people that i'd heard that just like walked out at khan that year that it was yeah, being shown as well that were like this, what is this i oh mate it's it's different i don't know how to explain like i suppose for films it's similar to it's kind of got a bit of cine- uh, synecdoche new york to mm. it a little bit of that Which sort of one of, of my favourites, so I'm well up for it. Yeah, I love that film. Like, It's a, it's definitely going to be a Marmite film. There'll be people that just don't get this film, don't like it, and I can fully understand that. Same with, it also reminds me of Mother, which is oh, definitely one of those Mother. films. So I love yeah. Mother. Mm-hmm. So I think if you loved Mother, you, there's a good chance you might like this. Um, but I also can fully understand why people think Mother is atrocious, <laughs> but I think it's brilliant. So tell um, us how you felt about Bo is Afraid and the feedback. Yeah, if anyone's seen Bo is Afraid, and try not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, like, it's a, like, it's a hard film to put into words. Like, Whacking Phoenix is superb in it, and, like, it's shot beautifully. There's some great, like, like mixed reality things going on as well. Like, there's some cool animation. If you've seen the trailer, you'll kind of have an idea of what it's doing. And it's just... I don't know. I don't know. I went in expecting one thing and then, and it turned out to be four other things. Like it's I don't know how to explain it. I would just encourage people to watch it. It is 3 hours and at times it feels like it. I will say like sometimes films zip along. This one at the start zips along, but then like for me dips a little bit when he uh, spends some time in a forest. But yeah. I uh I, I did. I do think I really liked it. Not a film I'm going to watch over and over again. Like I'm a weird one. Like well, it was Midsummer is the one that kicked off, wasn't it? That someone watched five nights in a row. Um, <laughs> but uh, Hereditary is one I can actually watch like quite often. Um, 
but like this is a film Bo is afraid I won't be putting on <laughs> every now and then I don't think come on but, guys yeah. let's all go back to my place let's watch Bo is afraid, Bo is afraid. <laughs> exactly um yeah there's like uh the half first like half an hour I'm not gonna spoil it don't worry I know I keep saying that but I want people to know that's like it's like that just like spine tingling like just awkward like anxiety inducing stuff of just like everything that goes wrong could go wrong sort of stuff like this is like in the first 15 minutes like he needs to take some pills and he like he needs to take those pills with water and there's no water in his house the tap stops working the shower stops working like everything everywhere he goes there's just no water and he can see some water in a shop across the road but he can't quite get there because he's kind of agoraphobic and it's just like these just things just build up it's like you just can't get a drop of water and it goes on for a good five minutes you're just like oh this is just like yeah it <laughs> it's like spine chilling like it's not horror but at the same time it's a lot of people's worst nightmare this film <laughs> but yeah Go see Bo's Afraid. I quite liked it. Um, but I imagine a lot of people, if I recommend this film to them, will be angry. <laughs> so I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm Let's give the pitch to, to Dale, see how Dale feels. <laughs> I'm all for a film that makes people either love or hate it. That means you've felt something. I'd rather yeah. that. I'd rather see a film that ultimately I hated than one I just went eh to. So there we go. Bo is Afraid. I'd go see it. Um, it's been out in America for a while, I think, but it's finally in cinemas this week or last in the UK. There we go. Um, let's get to some feedback because we have got some stuff relating to the Sony showcase. I believe, Matthew Perslow. We're going to start with Luke Hudson, who has uh, has something about the new hardware. He says, hi, IGN UK team. First of all, legitimately, one of the best podcasts there is. No, we always know. makes you we smile. Know. We and know. love the, the roster and the team. <laughs> uh, yeah, we always can... say before everyone, we always say, we're going to make a good one this time. And we always yeah. do it. Yeah, well, we try. Uh, I wanted to write in to give some of my thoughts on Sony Showcase. Overall, I'd give it a C. Lots of interesting titles, including Metal Gear Solid 3 and its collection. In brackets, bring back four. Uh, that one can wait. Yeah. But there we go. It depends. Uh, it's. I think depending on how they remake this, you know, if they do a really interesting, if they make like, it fun. Mm, yeah, they make it less of a cutscene. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I play a remake of four. I'm less interested in playing just a port of four because I reckon they will mm. port it to it. Well, yeah. if they even can, because obviously it was mm. built for the cell broadband architecture, yeah. <laughs> commonly known. Like, uh, like PlayStation Three specific jokes in it as well. Like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that might might not even work now. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. However, one of the missteps I feel is Sony's new streaming handheld. I'm not sure who this is targeting. To quote the Diablo devs, "You guys have phones, right? Uh, mm. Remote play has been available on mobile phones, tablets, PS4s, and PC for a long time now. And Sony even has an Android controller announced. You can also sync a PS4 or PS5 controller to your device and use a little mount to clip it to your phone. With the competition in the market from the Steam Deck, Cloud Gaming, and now the Asus ROG Hero and Aeneo handheld gaming PCs, which whilst likely more expensive have much more versatility... Uh, and will likely have better screens, I feel this Sony-specific uh, streaming device is dead on arrival. Gone the way of the PSTV, which I foolishly purchased. Uh, that's Luke saying he foolishly purchased. I would never <laughs> buy a PSTV. You're not Jesse Gomez. <laughs> I'm not, no. 
Do you do any of you regularly use remote play or portable gaming devices other than the Switch? If so, does, Sony, does this Sony device entice you, or would you prefer to use your phone or laptop? Thanks. Respect all the C's from Luke. Um, we what well, we we need a day on this one because he's actually somebody who wanted this, so uh, he he's could mad. Pr- yeah, maybe next week. Well, he's not in next week. We'll have to get Dale's opinion on why he wants this, but mm-hmm. um. Like I think, like Luke just said, that it's bizarre, isn't it? Because it's streaming only, so you need your PS Five mm-hmm. on. Yeah. If I'm like, I do use my Switch handheld in my house. Like if I'm like laying mm-hmm. in bed, I might I might use it. But like if I'm laying in bed, I've also got a TV in my room, so I'll just play my PS Five sure. on my TV. Mm. Like so, I don't I don't quite see this. The only feels... time I'd want to use this is on a plane, and the Wi-Fi there's not. Yeah. Gonna yeah. So so this feels to me as if there is to me there's only one obvious use for it, which is you you live like with you're in a situation where someone wants to use the tv and it becomes the the wii u pad right like yeah. you can have your playstation on and you can be playing a game in the same space as you know if you if you're married or you know cohabitating you can be with your partner or you know if you're younger your parents can be watching whatever parents watch mm-hmm. and you can be playing god of war on there yeah and look how my, the wii u did well yeah and <laughs> but my main thing is is I don't know how much this is going to cost, but let's say, realistically speaking, it's probably going to be about 200 quid at least, right? To get oh, you're, you're joking. Now it's yeah. three minimum. But, but that's the thing is, at least to cover the cost of a, what is essentially, because it says it's got the entire dual sense. Yeah, in I mean, it. that controller alone is like 75. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. plus an eight inch screen. So you're talking at least 200 pounds, almost certainly more. You could that screen is eight inches well your phone most phones are almost seven inches so you're only losing an inch to just buy a clip mount and also have a more comfortable grip because it is more comfortable just to grip a controller close to you like that than it is to have it wide like i always find the switch slightly awkward for that price buy a tablet you can stream your games to Mm -hmm. or like buy a tv (laughs) like like, i know it's not that i just yeah i'm i struggle yeah, I, I do struggle uh, to see who it's for. I have a feeling a lot of business decisions like this get made with the like the bundle as an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're walking into a shop and you want to buy a console and then somebody gets to be able to upsell you to something. Like, you so know, you get they make, the PS5 and this. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, what if your partner's blah, 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 you mm-hmm. know, that. I did uh, I did see some interest. I, normally I wouldn't subscribe to this sort of like hearsay, but like a lot of people like, seemed like a rushed announcement, didn't it? It's like, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, let's bung this in because of the whole um, Xbox Activision deal about cloud gaming. They're like, right. here's our cloud gaming thing. Mm-hmm. We do need cloud gaming. Like, That's they can't monopolize that. Yeah. 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 Also, like, I hear that a lot of decisions like this get made with, like, what kind of technology do we have sitting around? Like, oh, we've got a bunch mm. of controllers. Oh, and we've got yeah. these screens. Like, uh, I guess, maybe. But, like, for much more... I mean, this is me guessing here. Like... Surely, if they developed it properly, maybe they don't see the benefit. But they spent a lot of money developing PSVR two, which, by all accounts, even though I do think it's quite good, is not gonna you know, it's, it's not gonna be a massive hit. No. Um, like if you're gonna charge people, well, let's say it's two fifty this handheld, probably more. Let's say it's two fifty mm-hmm. for an extra hundred people will buy a Vita two or just like something that was this but did yeah. also have a micro SD on it that mm-hmm. could like. I know it's not that simple. I know it's by no means that simple, yeah. but like I mean, you've got all of like these a... things where uh, yeah. people are already in the Sony what they call ecosystem, right? So there are there are people out there that will only buy like the Sony headphones to go with their Sony yeah. PlayStation, like right? so it feels like you're doing that. But 
I know that Logitech have got a new streaming thing. It looks like a Steam Deck, but it's a streaming thing. But that obviously, because it's Logitech and technically is, I guess, a PC to a certain degree, you can have Game Pass on it and you can have Steam on it. So it becomes much more versatile. So if you wanted a streaming thing for in your house, that feels... and. I mean, Logitech obviously, you know, isn't cheap by any means, but I would guess probably not quite as premium as what Sony will charge. Yeah, so not. I'm not quite sure. It feels like a compromise that no one wants. I don't it, know. Also, yeah. if has anybody actually used in-home like my Wi-Fi is pretty good, and even my in-home streaming isn't like I wouldn't no. want to actually play a game on it. No, I'm 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 quite confused by it, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe um, there's a market. Who knows? Uh, now it's time to talk about the game you wanted to talk about, Matt, if you'd like to read the next email. I would love to. It's almost as if you knew. This one's from Chris Boots. <laughs> Howdy, IGN UK crew. For watching the showcase last night, well, nothing particularly blew me away or surprised me. Phantom Blade does look awesome, and I'm already sold on FF16 and Spider-Man 2. One thing did grab my attention. Never seen, and this is Chris Boots' words, a more blatant ripoff than Foam Stars, which just felt like Splatoon with a slight art direction inspiration from the Persona series, which, Chris, you've made it sound sick. Um, That music (laughs) was just Persona. I was so confused when that music started. I was like, this is just a Persona song. Uh, My question to you is, when do you think something stops being a like, uh, like a Souls-like or a Metroidvania, let's say, or becomes a Mm. ripoff or a clone? Keep up the good work as always, and respect the scene. Oh, it seems like a big question. So, Let's hone in on foam stars. <laughs> my my answer here is it's the other way round. Things mm. start as clones and then become likes. Yeah. So so in the in the days when other first person shooters came out in the nineties, they used to be known as Doom clones because people didn't understand that you could create genres. Mm. Yeah. And then once there have been so many Doom clones, then they just became. FPS games. Shooters. Yeah. Yeah. How can it be a clone when they're using foam instead of paint? And you can climb the foam. <laughs> you can climb the foam. It's you like can almost surf like the foam. Yeah. That looks cool. Don't get me wrong. This game looked toilet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I think I'm, I'm going to play loads of it, but I do make a habit of playing quite yeah. bad games. I am. Um, yeah. Like I said, this came on the showcase. I was like, oh no, because like the original, like when it first started, it was like cinematic. I was like, okay, this is kind of you know, looks like. I don't know. It looks like a free-to-play Ubisoft game that will die mm-hmm. within a few weeks. Uh, it's actually... Is it Square? Square, yeah. Yeah, Square. Um, well, it'd be a Square game that does. Also, it might have some weeks, N- NFTs involved. Yeah. <laughs> and then they cut to the gameplay. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it looked rough, didn't it? It looked like it was made about eight years ago. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is this literally for all the kids who are like, I want to play Splatoon, but don't have a Switch? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe... I don't uh, think like Splatoon. Like I'm not. I'm not. I've barely played any Splatoon. But by all accounts, very good. Very good fun. Um, I suppose it's weird that no one's tried to really clone it on anything else before. I don't know. But is anyone dying for it? No, probably mm. not. I can't see Foam Stars. It's not a good name, is it? Either Foam Stars. Cool. I don't know. What What could you call it? Yeah. There's a lot worse things you could call it. To be fair. Um, I yeah. think that the question's really interesting as well, though. Like when stop, something stops being a like and starts being a yeah, um, and it's I think popularity is the only determining metric. Like if it gets like accepted well enough to be its mm-hmm. its own thing, if it doesn't do very well, then it's a rip off. If it if yeah. it's, becomes the next big thing, then it was like oh, mm-hmm. it was always the it was the idea defined. Yeah, I feel like if you take an essence sign and completely put your own like 
world and look onto it and everything, then I think that's fine. Like, yeah, it's when you do just... If you're literally just copying things, you're just like, here's my Souls-like game with with bonfires and, like, I'm collecting souls. Like, they're literally called all yeah. of those things. Mm. That's when it's like, you can't do that. But, the, but there's also, I think, one of the things is, is budget. Mm. Like, yeah. if this if this had a lot more money and looked cooler... I think people, you'd be much more inclined to kind of like give it some time, whereas mm-hmm. it looks cheap. It, lo- it looks yeah. cheap and it looks like, when we think of clones, like take it into the real world. It's the, you know, kind of like when you see, go into kind of like uh, somewhere like a B&M and you see those fake hulks and they're just called like the Green Smasher or something like that. That yeah. is a ripoff, right? Yeah. But if you, you have had... a Luigi costume for Halloween and it just says plumber's brother <laughs> yeah, on it. Yeah, exactly. That's all rip-offs. But for example, when in the back in the days when DC would do characters that were already in Marvel or the or vice versa and use that idea, but you create like something that's got like premium feel to it because it came from a big kind mm-hmm. of writer or developer or whatever, I think that can distinguish whether things feel like truly like rip-offs, clones, or like things that build on other people's ideas. It's like when you go into a pound shop and you see all the Oreo rip-offs, like yeah, Borneo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'm just yeah, going to a Poundland to get a Twin Peaks bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah, right. and, and those like massively run in on, if you're using so much of the kind of like the visual branding and identity of the thing that you're taking from, right? Like yeah. a Twin Peaks, Peaks Bar is literally supposed to be sort of riffing on the idea of the mountain element of a of a Toblerone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you if you too close to the like narrative identity, I suppose of the thing that you're taking from, then that's going to fuck you over. Yeah. If Damn. I just want to play something that uh, is reminiscent of Splatoon, I'll just play the Water Temple from uh, Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> again. Yes, so, there we go. Or maybe just Splatoon. Maybe I'll play that. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, I've got one last email here from Michael Kincaid. I believe that's how that would be pronounced. It says, good evening. I rarely disagree with anyone on this podcast. Oh, no. Who is it? Who said something? Ooh. Oh, let's hope it's Dale or someone who's not yeah. here to, to defend themselves. Right. And even when I do, I can generally see the merits of your comments. But your podcast on Jedi Survivor had me baffled. It's me. Oh, it's probably me as well, to be fair. Yeah, It's probably all of us because I think mm-hmm. everyone who played Survivor on our team really loved it uh anyway michael says i was not too fond of fallen order neither were we um i played that game in story mode because i could not get the hang of the lightsaber mechanics also the traversal was appalling in that first game whether it was sliding or the weird camera angles it just felt horrible i think we'd agree with that uh both of those points um actually the uh, lightsaber was okay at times in the first one uh but I played because I love Star Wars. Since Fallen Order, I platinumed Ghost of Tsushima and God of War Ragnarok, both on normal difficulty. I know those were small accomplishments regarding Steel, but I have played and beaten similar games. When I saw the reviews and heard your podcast, I decided to spend $70. Don't blame us for the money. I'm not, I'm not having that. Um, and give Survivor a real chance. The stance mechanic in this game is pointless. I'm supposed to be okay that a Jedi has to meditate to say I'm going to pull out a blaster now, guys. And that big fight on Jeddah, is, which we won't spoil what that is, but if you played it, you'll know, is ruined by poorly timed cutscenes and a narrative that cheapens the 20 plus deaths and eventual story mode difficulty I had to drop it to. Traversal is still frustrating and at times beyond belief, the camera will randomly zip around and you are left double jumping straight into a wall, taking ridiculous fall damage every time. I finally had to turn this off. I didn't know you could turn off fall damage. Well, there we go. 
I'm clearly in the wrong here because this game is getting universal praise uh, from everyone and this podcast, which was pretty down on the first. Seems And everyone seems to agree that Survivor is a considerable step up. I could learn to get better and stomach my terrible parry timing and button mashing to get better, but for this game, with the limited time I have, this game feels like a 6 out of 10 for me. And four of those points are because I love Star Wars. So my question is, has there ever been a game movie or TV show where everyone you know universally loved it and you just could not be bothered? Um, sounds like you got to get good, Michael. I'm joking. Um, I don't want to say. I don't think. I don't think the traversal uh, or combat in this game is is anything below very good. To be well, I think. I think. I think Michael's whole point is that we 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 like it and he doesn't. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I think yeah. every mm-hmm. every point that Michael has, uh, I I disagree with. Um, but it's absolutely fine to have yeah, your own exactly. take on a game. Yeah, I don't. Know, is there a game? I suppose it's just a question. Yeah, is there I one think, that? I uh, think this one's a real. Oh, this one's going to change the tone of the podcast. But uh, I thought that Dishonored didn't actually do it for me. <laughs> oh, uh, oh God, Matt, are you okay? Look over the camera. Oh no! Uh, I mean, so, as I say, look, everyone's welcome to yeah. their own. Opinion. <laughs> oh, no. He's fuming. I've never um, seen that. Look so so angry. it's a game where um, a lot of the verbs that you use, uh, like the most interesting ones are locked away from your stealth abilities. Like, it's a game where narratively the correct thing to do is to do the least lethal thing possible, and that means that the most satisfying systems are locked away from you. Mm -hmm. If you want to engage with it in the most lethal sense, then that's kind of the most, like, fun that you have, the most, like, extravagant stuff. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this little debate. (laughs) So so I understand that people have issues with the chaos system in that they want to get the good ending, but they they want to be able to murder people on the way. It's just like, is is the actual ending, like like a final cutscene, is that really worth sacrificing the way that you want to play? I just, I, I really don't see it as like, I understand that there's a flaw there, but I don't think it's a massive problem. Just play the game that you want to play it and then just accept that like the, the final four minutes of your game is not going to be what you wanted it to, but you can just look that up on YouTube. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe I should just be willing to have a little bit more fun. Like, and it is, it's way more fun if you like, what well, I was, I really like playing it with kind of like a full stealth run and that will be every time I play Dishonored, the first time I play it is in full stealth. Um, Dishonored is way more fun when you fuck everyone's day up. Like, sit on a perch, consider how you can make everyone below you have the worst time possible, and then do it in a flash. That's the best way to play Dishonored. A few months ago, I did a little... For me, a speed run anyway of Dishonored mm-hmm. 2 in like five or six hours. And I just had fun blasting through there and just, yeah, causing absolute high chaos madness. It was very fun. There's less yeah. punishment in Dishonored 2 for the, because high chaos in Dishonored 1 actively causes the plague to spread, mm-hmm. which means that you get more zombies. But the zombies aren't all that difficult, so they're not too bad to deal with. It was, uh, yeah, it was a narrative thing as well of me like making a decision in my head as well. Like, if anybody that has succumbed to the plague mm-hmm. uh, and is like basically, you're going to say, can you write in? If anyone here yeah, succumbs yeah. to the plague, <laughs> if, you to the plague um, if anybody um, succumbs to the plague, they're like uh, kind of mindless, right? At that point, and so mm-hmm. I consider myself like, oh well, this would be awful if I had to be in this situation. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'd prefer that somebody just shot me in the head, and yeah. so I played the game like that too and then got a negative hit to my morality yeah somebody later explained to me that it's, yeah. it's more like how the world is perceiving you based mm-hmm. on more like 
less than your action. But yeah. it really sat wrong with me. It was like the my decisions in this are maybe not being considered in a way that I might like them to. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's the little grenade <laughs> that I threw into the show there. Uh, the, my my usual one anymore. here, because we've had this question in a few times over the years, but um, it's Ghost of Tsushima. Do not do not get the hype for I, it. I do quite like it, but not to the same extent as others. Like, yeah. I do like I, it a lot. I, I have got it on my list. I am going to replay it, um, or at least give it another go, whether I'll actually finish it this time. But um, I, I It's just... a game that gets better as it goes on. I know mm-hmm. that's not really what everyone wants my to My other thought was, is I think kind of like a... For, for me, the, the way people speak about it makes it sound like it's much more than the Assassin's Creed game that I see it to be. Yeah. I don't know what mine would be. My mind really going to throw one into the mix. I'm like, I don't know why everyone thinks it's so good. Uh, uh, that's not a game I hate. What's one I've never cracked? Like, I've never got more than halfway through Skyrim. Never make, never really? quite did it for me. I was always more of a Fallout than Elder Scrolls anyway. They're very similar games. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never, never fully cracked Skyrim. By no means think it's bad. Obviously very good. But yeah. Don't know. It's never quite grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Kind of defined go. the next ten years of video games. So must I suppose have had some kind earlier. of ideas going on. Exactly. And um, the other one is Destiny. I obviously know it's very good, and think when I'm playing it, it's very good. I can just never get into it. But there we go. Uh, yeah, good stuff. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com for anything you want to talk about. We'll, we'll accept anything. We haven't had anything silly in a while. Any any food related stuff? It's probably good, isn't it? Yeah, um, we've, we've grown up. We're sensible yeah. now. We I mean, don't even eat anymore. <laughs> I don't know what we'll be speaking about next week. Um, what we'll have seen or played. I don't know. Oh, the new Spider Verse film is out next Friday. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, there's only one song we're playing at the end of this, isn't it? A little song called Snake Eater. Yeah, what a thrill. Oh, what a thrill. <laughs> I can't believe it's back. Oh, I'm very happy. Imagine, and I hope everyone... Imagine you climb that ladder and it, like, doesn't play. Uh, like, they just do a I little I can't trick. wait to see what they do with that ladder. Mm-hmm. Like, something's got to happen. Something funny's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. I hope everyone else is happy. Uh, has a lovely weekend. A long weekend. Both mm-hmm. the US and the UK have Monday off. In a rare combo day off. Um, good stuff. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye. Someday you go through the rain. And someday you'll feed on a tree frog. It's so dear the trial to survive for the Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe, Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. 
I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.